Hey everyone, welcome to Smash Trivia. I'm your host, Smash Trivia John. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Instagram by searching Smash Trivia to follow everything happening with me. I'll be the one with the big old green head in the profile picture. I'm so excited to get into this. This is the Gamma Analysis. Basically, in this series, I'm going to review everything Hulk, all the movies and TV shows, and maybe at some point I could get into comics, but that's a while off. Hope you enjoy. Smash Trivia presents the Gamma Analysis. I want to ask everyone listening if they could please do sign for me. Please share the hell out of this podcast with all your friends because I really want to get the Gamma Analysis to be big enough that by the time She-Hulk comes out, maybe I could become press and either get the first episode early or be invited to the premiere or even just get one of the press goodie bags. For this episode, I'm going to review The Incredible Hulk 77, Episode 11. Our co-host today is Keith, a.k.a. Keith Sketches, a.k.a. Film Critter with a K. So how are you doing, Keith? I'm feeling a little shaky. And I'll tell you what. Can you guess why? I think I can, but I don't know if the people listening can because they didn't hear you before the recording. Well, I'll tell you. Tonight's episode is called Earthquakes Happen. And for that reason alone, I'm nervous because we don't get earthquakes where I live. I'm happy to say. But if one happened, I would easily need new pants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was like, you also were, say, oh, were saying that because you're drinking a milkshake right now or not a milkshake, a, a, your, a smoothie. You know, I what? Guess. you know what, John, you're smarter than me. That is what I should have said. I am drinking a smoothie or a shake of some kind. And yep. damn it, I could have said that's why I was saying the uh, saying the listeners won't know because you said it before the recording. <laughs> I should have said uh, I'm feeling a little quaky, but that's not a thing. Yeah. Uh, so my <laughs> trivia question for you this time is. What's the name of this team that Hulk is a founding member of that is known for fighting the supernatural with Dr. Strange, Namor, and the Silver Surfer? Um, Hulk and the weird three weird dudes. (laughs) (laughs) As I can only imagine he sees them. Uh, Okay. Uh, I will give you a hint. So there has been a adaptation made of this team, but none of those members are on the team in the adaptation. Well, what the hell? <laughs> um, what does he? What does he call the the? I want to say the the the, the cartoon that he's in. Even Hulk, even Hulk is not in the uh, oh. in the team with, <laughs> in the adaptation. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, the X-Men. <laughs> I have no idea. That was a hint. Okay, I will, uh, I will uh, I'll give you the answer uh, or later okay. in the episode. All right. <laughs> oh, man. I, I was just like, it, it narrows it down a bit because it's because uh, there's only so many Marvel teams that have been, uh, have had adaptations made about them. That's um, true. Fair. But... As I say every time, um, I highly recommend watching the episode before you listen to this podcast because this is a commentary track on the episode. So it won't make a lot of sense if you haven't seen the episode. Um, but, but, uh, without further ado, my uh, our, uh, the episode that uh, 
the this episode, the podcast that I want to shout out is the Made Up Movies podcast. So in this podcast, they make up a movie that is, uh, is suggested by their fans and review that made up movie. I listened to their Chimp Patrol episode and it was absolutely hilarious. So I, I definitely recommend listening to them. All right. So the oh this episode, oh as I think you already said, this episode is titled Earthquakes Happen. So oh before we get into the episode, what did you think of this episode? I I really enjoyed where it went. I will be honest, and it'll be very obvious right away. I had no idea what was going on at the beginning. Um, I don't know how he keeps finding all these doctors across the country to call, but yeah. my goodness, um, it, it is to, probably in my top three episodes um, for reasons we'll get into later. What did, what did you think? Yeah. I really liked this episode. Um, I, uh, I personally really believe that this should have been the finale of the season. Mm. Um, I see a lot of reasons why. I see a lot of reasons. Because this is, I think, a very important episode to the series as a whole versus what I have read about the synopsis for the finale episode doesn't sound like it's that important of an episode. Mm. Um, it also also sounds like it might uh, I'd not have aged well the finale episode. Um, now I'm curious what you've read, sir. I know nothing about me, that episode. Uh, from uh, uh, just uh, from a, a political st- uh, aspect, uh, and, um, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, we'll get into that when we watch that episode. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, this so- one, I wonder if this one was like, like unless the one that that one is obviously like written to be. A, or set up a finale kind of cliffhanger. I wonder if this one was meant or written into the season as a potential finale and mm-hmm. they had to jostle them around a little. I don't Maybe. know. That sometimes does happen. And that happened to community in their last, the last three episodes, last few episodes of their third season, they got all jumbled around because they couldn't finish certain parts of the animation quick enough. Like there was certain reasons that kept holding up schedules yeah. of the release dates, but yeah, that could be, um, yeah. yeah. So the uh, first thing I wrote down is, so this episode starts off with David calling someone on a payphone. And (laughs) we find out he's calling uh, a Dr. Patterson, not Pattinson, is not the Batman. Uh, And (laughs) uh, he tells him that he is is Ted Hammond of the nuclear research facility in san thomas california um he asked uh, us dr patterson about a inspection that's happening supposed to be tomorrow and um dr patterson responds no problem i got your letter right here i'll and i'll bring the stress analysis probe borrowed from uh, one of the university's prototypes um and david then makes up an excuse to have dr patterson come a day later so that he can impersonate dr patterson when he's supposed uh, us to actually come um and so this is uh, this episode unlike normal episodes we do not have a, 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 a 
having the name with a B at the, uh, in it and not using the name David. And we also see him impersonating multiple people in this episode. True, true. Yes, and I love absolutely. also the mystery that this episode starts out with because you don't know what he's up to. You know, he's obviously trying to cure himself. Yeah. He's always trying to cure himself. But he's like, okay, he delays the fight or delays the guy's trip. Then he walks into the place with the ID and it's like, oh, you're starting to have, you have to piece it together yourself what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that because every other, every other episode usually is all done through exposition. Um, them explaining as he talk, he's talking to people uh, what's going on. And, oh, that guy seems fishy while I work at this arcade yeah. and do this thing for you. Like it's all explained differently. And this, this to me was a little bit more mystery. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, so the next thing I wrote down is that, um, David then goes to a passport and identification shop to get stuff to impersonate Dr. Patterson. And I wrote down that maybe the 70s were different, but I can't <laughs> imagine a shop like this existing and at a public space at least, because mm-hmm. that would be very illegal. <laughs> I had to laugh at the fact that the lady's like. I think it's just awful that you were robbed of all of your identification. You just can't trust people anymore. And then she tries to swindle him out of twenty-five more yeah. dollars. <laughs> uh, like, oh, that was the, ironic. Hey, hey, so, um, I wrote down on. Uh, um, I'm not quite sure whether or not the lady's just trying to swindle him for more money for no reason, or if she actually realizes he's not actually Doctor Patterson. But yeah, I'm leaning. Where he, who's he gonna tell? Who's he gonna go to? Yeah. I, I'm leaning more towards she's just trying to swindle him for no reason, since she gave up really easily when he threatened to leave. Yeah. Um. If if she had known that he wasn't Doctor Patterson, she probably wouldn't have have given up so easily, and because uh, yeah. it would be him who would probably be coming back. Yeah, everybody needs the local identity store. What the? What is that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> if there might not be another one for miles. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, I just found that hilarious because it's just like mm, I feel like that would be very, very legal. <laughs> Agreed. And it's like, like. If it were like not in a public space, like a like he got side off and out of an alley, yeah, that yeah. make that would make sense. Yeah, but it's literally just a shop up on, on like a main strip of uh, a road. Like, it reminded me kind of uh, like a very very early version of. Have you ever seen? Um, you ever watched Breaking Bad? Yes. There's like the vacuum salesman who actually relocates you and like hides mm-hmm. your identity. And it's like, okay, the shop is a front obviously, but uh, well, he'll, he'll clean up after you. He'll solve your yeah. problems type of thing. It's kind of smart, but I didn't see, yeah. I didn't honestly didn't look around and see what she was really selling or what else she was selling. Well, uh, it literally, if I remember right, it says on the, on the front of the shop uh, ID and passport shop, I think. Wow. Wait, <laughs> Like, at least with Breaking Bad, it's a front and not yeah. just like she, uh, not just him be, uh, be straight up be like, oh yeah, I am hiding people. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Something fishy. The uh, I imagine <laughs> the law would not. Uh, I'd be very kind to him if he did that. I'm looking at the other stuff. 
in the in the room. She's got like looks like bottles of chloroform behind her and stuff. Like it's just a seedy, seedy area. I don't know what she could possibly need. Brown bottles of liquid that look medical. Mm-hmm. And it looks like she sells glasses and like stethoscopes. I don't know. This is a weird, this is a weird business. I, I I'm curious mm-hmm. where they were going with this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, the next thing I have is that we see Jack McGee trying to get info on a earthquake that for some reason uh, that uh, uh, for some reason like they're trying to hide um, and, and and like we didn't at this point know that was the nuclear research facility but but uh, um, I immediately was like, uh, was guessing that it was, and we did find out that it, it was. Um, yeah. we then see David at the front gate in his undercover suit, and a, a <laughs> female voice says, "Identification, please." And after he gets through, oh, uh, David immediately stops because he sees Jack freaking McGee. Of course. Um, David starts creepily watching and Jack take an interview from behind a truck until uh, the security guard comes up to him asking who he is and what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> and David responds, Dr. Patterson, the safety inspector, the, uh, the security guard then tells him, oh, yes, they, they, they've been expecting you. Ooh, follow me. Um. I wrote that I, I, I'm really loving that we're getting a lot of McGee almost seeing David these past few episodes as it, as it really puts you on the edge of your seat watching it. Yeah. And I hope it's leading to something. Well, that what I found so, so funny is that Jack is not, he's not as obsessed to me. He's not as obsessed with the big green monster anymore because mm-hmm. now he's taking other stories it's just they happen to make they happen to land him in the exact same place as David anyway. So it's like maybe their paths are meant to cross at this point. It's very yeah. very strange to me that they keep running into each other even when he's not looking mm-hmm. for 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 David. Um, I find I kind of felt bad for McGee when he was calling out Doctor Patterson, and Banner just keeps <laughs> yep. speed walking away from him like he doesn't hear anything. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, poor Jack. Yeah, he's like us. Us investigators are invisible to regular folk. Uh-huh. That's what it would feel like. Definitely. <laughs> um, so David signs Doctor Patterson's name on the sign in uh, I board uh, or um, and the lady at the desk is immediately suspicious of his signature, so she calls him back but decides not to say anything about it. Uh, and he, uh, instead, she hands him his dosimeter, or a monitoring badge, to measure the radiation. Um, this didn't end up being a problem in the episode, but this, uh, but I, it really could have ended up being a problem because the dosimeter also, a dosimeter also measures gamma radiation. Mm. So yeah. Oh damn! And they didn't play with that. That's weird. Yeah. Um. I also, I found it weird how like there was definitely a, the sign-in lady was suspicious of his uh, his signature, but then there nothing, nothing came, came out of that. Yeah. I I think 
they were trying to set a definite tone. They were trying to make the tone. Okay. Um, now that he's impersonating a real person, now things are more tense. He could get figured out at any moment. This guy has been, has been pretending to be someone else every episode we've seen him. And yet now the paranoia is shooketh because he spent $75 on a fake ID and he doesn't trust anybody and we're not supposed to trust anybody either. So the tension is high. But then she gives this mm-hmm. smile to him. And I thought for a second, are we going to have another freaking love interest? For just a split second, I thought mm-hmm. this. Um, and then nothing came up. Yeah, like I was like, it, it was kind of weird because I, like, I was like, it, it it almost kind of felt like like when she decided not to say anything about it, it was like, is she going to become like an ally to him by her side yeah. during the episode? But no, she doesn't ever appear again in the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and and instead of her being the love interest, uh, or the supposed supposed love interest, then then we walk into the very next room, mm-hmm. and I just I immediately went, well, hello, like yes. this lady, just I was swooning, <laughs> another accomplished doctor with yep. prettier hair than ever. This is the prettiest hair I think we've seen in a while. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> and I was, I also wrote out the so, um. Dr. Joseph, I feel like might become a love interest, even though her hair does not match the other love interest. She exactly. is an accomplished doctor, and that's his type. Um, and uh, she says, uh, uh, says, sorry, that uh, David takes as a compliment, but uh, I feel like it's kind of a, bit of a, uh, a little bit of an insult. Uh, uh, <laughs> but she, she says, Due to your experience, I'd have guessed you'd be a much older person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that to me is like he's going to act like, oh, he graduated quick. And, uh, you know, he Uh he was just, uh, uh, what do they call a a wonderkind, um, uh, good at everything at a young age type of doctor. Uh, But clearly they're pointing out the fact that the real Dr. Patterson is an old man. (laughs) Uh, uh, she immediately started getting suspicious of him uh, and when uh, when he called her out on uh, uh, out on her safety not being up to snuff uh, of, yeah. with, uh, of and she was like oh she must know much more than him the uh, yeah. him, and that this means he's not the right guy even though he was right her yeah. safety oh, yeah. was not up to snuff not up to snuff she thought she had that place designed to a T. Oh Not a God. thing wrong with it. I, I really think that's hilarious how, like, she, uh, she particularly, uh, a that is what made her think he's not the uh, uh, the actual person, even though he was right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they oh, they've got this man. like cat and mouse kind of play going on back and forth, where she's onto him and he dodges, mm-hmm. and she's onto him again, and. He dodges again, and it's, it's the tension is high. Mm-hmm. The tension's higher than Hulk yeah. in episode ten. Yeah, uh, tension's higher than a giraffe's balls. The we're jumping ahead a lot um, <laughs> because I wanted to get out that higher than giraffe's balls joke, man. <laughs> I needed to say it. I've been sitting on that. All right, go ahead. Oh my god! So, um. They say that they need the uh, Dr. Patterson's assistant to make Dr. Hammond believe a Dr. Joseph's design of this place is still safe. 
And Dr. Hammond responds, uh, he's not sure it was ever safe. Uh, you know how it is, Doctor. Design, build, and then see if it's safe. Um, and now with the discovery of a fault line underneath us, which may become aggravated it, by the lowering of the water table along the coast, um, David says, "I pre I can appreciate your concern." And after, and after Doctor Hammond leaves, Doctor Joseph shows David the plans of the facility. Uh, and then, as Doctor Joseph takes a phone call, she tells David he can choose where to start. And David immediately sees the words "gamma lab," and he freezes as we get a flashback. From the pilot episode. Yeah. So the flashback first shows us Dr. Elena Mark seeing Hulk right in front of her. And then David talking to her about how to control Hulk. If it's uh, and if it's even safe, uh, if it isn't even safe to study. And how can we keep uh, it from ever happening again? Uh, And Dr. Elena responds i don't know oh uh, we can certainly try x-ray reversal the radiological treatment to try uh, and counteract the gamma rays um back to the present and david says to dr joseph i understand you're doing some studies on gamma ray reversal techniques and then um Dr. Joseph in a definitely sensual voice um <laughs> says uh, as oh yeah I'd much rather be discussing them than how many fire extinguishers we have <laughs> <laughs> she said that sensually <laughs> it sounded sensually to me when I was watching the episode I did not uh, pull off saying that sensually because I'm not <laughs> Uh, I'm not so good at say, uh, talking essentially. It isn't really a sensual sentence as well. Some would, but... say, some would say with the right audience as well might have helped. But the, uh, the uh, these are these are some of the reasons why I was immediately swooning for Dr. Diane Joseph until we got that flashback of my first love, the still favorite character, the even prettier hair, Dr. Baxter. I'm just kidding. Dr. Elena Marks, who is... So damn pretty. Oh, um, and I love her voice and I love her acting and I miss her. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. Um, so the next thing we, ha- uh, we have was um so uh David uh and uh, uh, actually no. Uh oh, she's still talking about uh, I am she le- uh, loses the central voice where she, uh she says but right now, well, you saw Dr. Hammond and, uh, and David responds, hmm, y- yes, the detailed lab plans aren't here. And uh, Dr. Joseph says, As, I didn't think you'd need them. The lab doesn't defect uh, our safety. Um, and, and David says, well, that's true, but I would like to inspect the primary power lines and according to the plans they run right through the laboratory <laughs> and that david says as 
I assume you have pass keys to each level. And Dr. Joseph says, well, of course I do. I explained that in my letter. <laughs> um, and then David saves himself by making it a joke saying, well, that's why I knew to ask. <laughs> and um, This is that cat and mouse thing I was mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Dr. Joseph tells uh, David he doesn't need them, though, because she's going to come with him. Um, David then tries but fails to stop her. Um, while, uh, while walking, Dr. Joseph asks David about the stress analysis probe that Dr. Patterson was supposed to bring. And, and David um, uh, quickly says, uh, uh, as Oh, a malfunction before he got here, there, so he'll just use conventional methods. And Dr. Joseph then tells David she'll be right back, and she goes to call Paul, asking him to pull the security dossier there on um, Dr. Patterson and meet me on level one. Oh, and Paul, have Marcia page me in a minute and, to, um, and a half code blue or code two uh and so then david start, uh, uh david once she comes back david starts trying to get her to take him down to level four or and but the page uh it, she asked uh, asked for now comes through the radio and she says uh, she has to go that uh, uh, doctor uh, uh, that patterson to please stay here yeah, David tries getting her to give him the keys, but she doesn't budge. So he, he says he'll check out the ion generators while she's gone. Every and, everything about Bixby's acting in this scene or these scenes, and and him, you know, his sneaking around afterwards. It, she starts asking questions, or no, um, everything about his acting in these scenes is he's getting what we call in the RuPaul's Drag Race fandom the villain edit his facial expressions how he's going about this whole operation he seems sinister as hell and um it's just very funny to me that we're getting to see this side of sneaky dave because he's always been sneaky but we've never i don't know we're so usually on his side Mm -hmm. and yet he's like deceiving this like innocent person yeah (laughs) it's very uh it's very rare to get to see him get this kind of villain edit yeah it's really cool to see though um yeah i agree so (laughs) i was uh, enjoying it (laughs) yeah so after she leaves david starts trying to get through the door to the level four First, trying to shove his name tag in the uh, the scanner to open the door. I don't know why he thought that that would work, uh, but then he uh, he grabs and uh, has a security axe or uh, his a fire axe. I mean, and to Jimmy the door open. Yeah. I was not thinking he was going to use it to jimmy the door, but I was thinking he was going to shatter the glass. Yeah, yeah. The the axe was an extreme choice. Um, mm. It's going to be pretty obvious when he starts smashing and hacking mm. things, or yeah. or jimmying. <laughs> well, jimmying at least is not as noticeable. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely not as loud. Yeah. And uh, and that axe comes into play again later in the episode. Oh, yeah. Um. So the uh oh, next thing I wrote down was that uh, uh he doesn't end up having to jimmy the door open because two people walk through it, causing David to hide. But they left the door open. Uh, and so once the people pass, as David slides a broom into it so it can't finish closing itself, um, and he sneaks in and sneaks into pretty the slick. gamma lab. <laughs> yep. That was a pretty slick way to get into a gamma lab, I'll be oh, honest. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, it's really cool to see some uh, a, some badassness from uh, um, David. Yeah, he's Mission Impossible uh, right now. Yep. So, uh, back to Dr. Joseph. She meets with Dr. Hammond and with the dossier, and he asks if she's questioning his specifications, and she says no, his identity. <laughs> and looking upon uh, on the dossier, uh, she finds that he has an artificial knee and walks with a cane. We then uh, and uh this alerts her obviously to the uh, the fact that this is not uh, uh, at Dr. Patterson. Um, we then see uh, a David flip the megavolt power supply lever on. Um, and this alerts the control center, but they just think it must be a part of the uh, the safety inspection. Yeah, it's nothing, them... nothing better than a bunch of complacent, complacent uh, guys working at a nuclear yeah. power reactor making assumptions about when yep. blinking lights and alarms go off. They're like, "Ah, it's fine. They were gonna yeah. do that test about those alarms." Yep. <laughs> um, and, and, and like, right, one of them right after just missing it just says, "Do we have any cream left?" It's like a couple of Homer Simpsons. It just reminded me immediately of what it's like to, for oh, him all man. day. <laughs> yeah, the, since wasn't uh, wasn't originally his job in a nuclear power plant in the Simpsons. Yeah, he's the, he's like the safety engineer yeah. <laughs> at, at a power plant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so definitely. Uh, the David, after turning on the the reactor, goes into the radiation to Amber. And David puts a chair right under the uh, machine and then turned turned the voltage up to max. David sits down and waits. And Dr. Joseph, while looking for him, goes down to the fourth level, sees the flashing red light, alerting her to the fact that the reactor's on. She runs into the room turns off the power with just three seconds to spare. And she goes into the radiation chamber and asks David if he knows what he's doing. And, uh, and David shout, uh, shouts, yes. And then the earthquake starts. I, da, da, da. <laughs> when she stormed in, in the nick of time, saved his life, what she assumed was saving his life. Um, and she just asked him, you know, do you know what you're doing? I was so excited for their like juicy, dramatic argument to take place here. I had completely forgotten what the damn episode was called. I knew it was called mm-hmm. Earthquakes Happen, 
I did not remember that that was going to happen next. So when that actually hit, I started laughing at myself for the the simple fact that I'd forgotten the whole title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should have been waiting for an earthquake the whole time. I was too in, uh, too encapsulated by yeah. the acting. <laughs> Definitely, it, it can strike at any moment. It's um, like going going to see the movie King Kong and just getting so wrapped up in the two characters arguing that you forget there's going to be a big monkey in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, let's see the uh, now the next thing I wrote down is that David and Doctor Joseph then get locked in as the building around them uh, has um stuff falling every on uh, people everywhere and Doctor uh, Joseph gets knocked out by the blast and David gets crushed by machinery that falls on him. And something uh, said uh, was changed from gamma to laser, and I wrote down that that definitely can't be good. And it's like, like as if that's two settings on the same blender. Yeah. Like, whoops, I had that <laughs> set to laser. Yeah. And we find out that the laser is the machine that David was trying to have hit him earlier. Um, and now it's causing fire on the ground and David turns into Hulk and is immediately able to get what was crushing Banner off because it doesn't really weigh anything to Hulk. Um, Hulk breaks off the laser er, and throws it. And I think this actually might be the first time we I see Hawk actually struggle to hold sign because of how heavy it is. This, uh, I, the laser machine was just so heavy for him. Oh, dang. Yeah. Um, definitely looked like he was uh, struggling while uh, in the episode. Uh, so back in the control room, we find out the... The earthquake is a 6.9 on the Richter scale. And they start getting the a security footage working again. And they see this green hulking thing in the <laughs> radiation chamber. I laughed so hard. When... <laughs> I had to laugh a bit when the guy says, I got to get the video surveillance back up. And the camera that happens to turn on first is a shaky shot straight on hulk flexing (laughs) like as if the surveillance camera is held by a person right right in front of him i was like well that's a convenient camera to see first yeah (laughs) it's very expensive to get surveillance equipment that stands for you i feel like i i kind of surprised that they actually have a camera in that room because like that's a room where you don't really expect people to be in yeah, true. They, they don't want people going in there because there's gonna be radiation in that room. Well, how are you gonna know if there's a person in there and stop yeah. them from from lasering themselves? Yeah, uh, they should have had more extinguishers though. That that's that's yeah, it's Doctor Joseph's fault. Does <laughs> that would have uh, have helped with the earthquake? Um, <laughs> uh, so the the next thing I wrote down was that. During one of the various shots of how the earthquake is affecting outside the facility, we hear a voiceover saying, you people on the sidewalk, away from the buildings, we're expecting more aftershocks. 
and then it cuts to the passport and ID shop owner freaking out while holding the door to her shop. Um, and bed we see uh, the Hulk pick up Dr. Joseph and put her down in a hopefully more safe place than where she was before (laughs) though I don't know how you would be able to tell that that's more safe area than she was before but yeah um, then we see a a Dr. Hammond help uh, pull a table off one of the other scientists that's in the room outside the chamber. Um, And we find out that they are also trapped. uh, And then uh, then Hulk throws a chair in frustration and starts bending the wall as he hears Hammond shout, Diane, can you hear me? (laughs) Um, The, uh, the, Control Center tries getting a hold of someone in the Gamma Lab, but Hulk touches the panel with the uh, that has the phone on it, which just instantly explodes it for some reason. I don't know how that worked, but... <laughs> it's a very dangerous lab, even before the earthquake. <laughs> and um, but, uh, just for good measure, he breaks it off the wall. Um... And then Hulk sees that Dr. Joseph start to, uh, is starting to wake up. And he goes uh, over, touches her forehead, and then holds her hand. And this calms Hulk down so that he can turn back into David. Um, and I've, uh, I, I wrote something that ended up not being the case but it's very convenient that it's not the case look i i wrote i wrote at the time i I expect that when she fully wakes up she's going to be very weirded out by the fact that uh, that david has no shirt on but (laughs) i wrote oh never mind he finds a supply of white button down shirts to wear in which i think that might be the most convenient thing that this show has ever done <laughs> having the uh, in the middle of a radiation room where no one's supposed to be going in here because it, it fills with radiation uh, <laughs> and there just happens to be multiple uh, old white button down shirts for someone to put on <laughs> why what yeah, I, I, it was it was strange. Someone picked the weirdest spot for their walk-in closet and drawer oh. and dresser. Um, oh man, yeah. I kind of wish they did do that though, because I think it would have been hilarious to just have uh, have Dr. Joseph wake up and she just be like, "What the hell? Yeah, where, why are you your shirt off?" <laughs> and he he'd come up with. They could have easily had him come up with some other reason. To, to have needed to use his shirt in an emergency to like I don't know tie off something just, or, uh, like he could have said know, it was uh, on uh, fire yeah the laser on the ground and say like he used his shirt to put out the fire mm-hmm. there you go yeah that could uh, could have worked <laughs> I uh, I just thought that was really funny because of like how so convenient that was yeah um. She uh, I ask if it's over, um, and David doesn't respond to this, but he just starts trying to check out her forehead, but she doesn't want him to. 
Yeah, um, he, he says, still remembers that he was a liar. Yeah. He says, yeah. it's all right. I am a doctor. Yeah. And yeah. people on the, on the outside uh, I, um, are going to try and work with them to get them out. And Dr. Joseph says, I don't understand how the earthquake bent this steel door. And <laughs> I found that really funny. Oh, my that God. was good. That is good. The earthquake oh. wouldn't have had the know-how on how to bend a steel door. <laughs> like, not in this direction, anyway. It's very strange. Uh, no, I, I agree. That well, part yeah. made me laugh. Well, uh, uh, we know why it's a uh, lie. Oh, yeah. Steel, uh, bed, but <laughs> we know. The characters don't. Um, so I'd be surprised if David uh, remembered. After they're able to get out of the chamber, David stops them from moving the guy on the ground on his leg. They, um, and they tell him, I don't think you're the one to be taking orders from. Yeah. And David says, as the leg is obviously broken. If you move it, it will sever an artery. And then the Good same advice. guy. Uh, I, who was questioning him before, says, who is this guy? Marcus Wilby? And I had to look up that reference because I did not uh, uh, not know that, tried, uh, that I reference tried to, at all. I tried to look it up too, but I thought he said Wilton or Wilkes, and I couldn't figure out what the heck. I played it like three times. I couldn't understand what the heck he said. Marcus yeah. Wilby? Who is that? Yeah. Um. That is a... Uh, that is a... Let me see. So I thought I had that in my I uh, um the trivia section, but I I guess not. Oh wait, no. Yes, I do. So um, Marcus will be a, a MD is a TV show that came out uh, out at the end of the sixties, and that's what uh, what was being referenced by the character in the episode. Yeah, this this super lovable character, yeah. this uh, character named Turner, who I don't know what his job there is. If he's a scientist, he came on uh, apparently uh, casual work, casual dress yeah. day or something, because he's just wearing like a flannel okay. and like a gold chain. It's like unbuttoned. But yeah. this guy is a dick. Yeah. <laughs> the entire rest of the episode, this guy yeah. is a dick. Um, so, yeah. like. I, I I wrote down um that they really don't do much referencing pop culture like that in this show. And I actually think that's a really good thing because if they had references like that all the time, the yeah. show definitely wouldn't age well because mm-hmm. like audiences now, they'll watch it and they are not going to know at all what those references are. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Do not know who Marcus Wilby is. <laughs> yeah, like, I never, never not, heard of that show. Like, it's not gonna mean anything that they made this reference if, uh, and if people don't understand it, uh, and it's so I'm really happy that they don't do things like that very often in the show. Me too. Me too. I, I, my favorite thing more so is that they do they draw on their their influences from pop culture more so in a nuanced way, like. Like I was saying last episode, or not last episode, but the the trucker episode, how it was driving drawing on a lot of things like Smokey and the Bandit and other mm-hmm. like chase sequence, you know, big desert highway chase movies. Yeah. Um, 
this episode is a hundred percent drawing on natural disaster movies of yes, the 70s definitely. so poseidon adventure the towering inferno uh, the, there's a movie called, 1974 called earthquake um with charlton heston and those movies are exactly like this um a group of survivors having to figure things oh, yeah. out one life-threatening challenge mm-hmm. after another moving from room to room and there are always there's always an injured character and there's always two people who are at oh, each yeah. other's throats Definitely. and it's like those movies are a ton of fun and i for i it made this episode made me want to go back and watch those especially yeah. poseidon adventure uh, um so the next thing that uh thing that i wrote down is that they asked david what were you doing there trying to sabotage us and david says no and dr joseph uh says he was using the gamma unit why and david doesn't respond and keeps checking the checking the injured man um dr hammond says well when we get out of here, maybe you'll try a little jail, mister. <laughs> I'll give it a whirl. I'll try a little jail. Yes. <laughs> Who says that? Yeah. <laughs> I like that he's just ignoring him, though. He's like all of his questions and stuff. The mm-hmm. best the best lies are the ones you don't have to say at all. Just yes. avoid answering everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the same way that the, uh, the first uh, Dr. Broads was ta- uh, trying to deal with in the first place when Carrie wanted to keep her baby. Yeah, true. I, I you know, I, I really want to keep it. He's like, I'm not gonna look at her, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna keep administering this uh whatever the hell he was yep. doing. <laughs> so <Care. laughs> David says, I'm pretty sure it's broken uh in one, maybe two places in the tibia. Um, so get me a roll of that computer readout and hand me some of that wire quite a bit of it uh, it uh, while uh, then while david and the others are working on the injured man dr hammond starts looking around for supplies and he finds two flashlights in a drawer um i don't think those two flashlights ended up really helping them the, the rest of the episode but uh he does that um the uh, but the, the him walking away was good because he he was able to figure out that well that's not good the reactor turned on when we hit the uh, when david hit the megavolt demand for the gamma unit and now it won't turn off um dr or hammond and the other scientists that i did uh uh, didn't catch that name for i think uh, you did i think you said turner turner the dick the dickhead Yeah. yeah um so <laughs> um they start trying to pull debris from the doorway to try and be able to get out um and, uh, and then smoke from multiple things starts enveloping the room and everyone is freaking out uh, and back in the control room they're having trouble controlling anything <laughs> they <laughs> And they nice. said if the secondary controlling uh, system fails, they will have a nuclear disaster on their hands. And David suggests that, uh, 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 well, David back with uh, the other people, uh, uh, not 
in the control room. David yeah. suggests that they, they go through a vent, but apparently that will electrocute them. Oh. David uh, it figures out that uh, that if they cut the wires, it will break the current and they'll be fine. Like and they act like this is some like absolutely crazy, insanely smart thing they they figured out. Every one of them should have been able to figure that out. <laughs> yes, every even the security guard should have been like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how wires work. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are oh scientists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So, oh, and happily, David brought the fire axe in the room from earlier. Um, and uh, and then they started trying to get everyone through the uh, a tunnel. And I'm wondering how they actually managed to get the injured man through, because. Yeah. They didn't really show us them getting him through. They just cut through to everyone being on the other side. Uh, I yeah. in this sewer like area, the uh, area um, where they had a bunch of pipes and stuff. Uh, uh, um, uh, it does make me wonder how they got him through because uh, because like they were very uh, showing us how two people has to be holding up him up. He cannot move up on, move on his own. So yeah. Uh, oh, I can't imagine that he would have been able to crawl on his own. Yeah, exactly. Now they definitely cut that for time and for explanation purposes. And, <laughs> and like I can't imagine that they like they they pushed him far enough that someone could get in, and then as they were crawling, they were just pushing his butt forward, pushing his butt <laughs> forward. <laughs> oh my god. All right, that, that's a director's cut, a, cu- a cut scene that we need to see. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> someone just pushing someone's butt forward. And, uh, and, yeah, and, why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, pushing God. a very grateful man's butt forward. He's like, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so the, the next thing that I wrote is that we have another earthquake. And... Mm-hmm. um. So then the uh, alarm goes off, alerting them to the fact that the reactor is no longer cooling and they only have 15 minutes to get out. Uh, uh, Someone from the control center calls the mayor and tells the mayor to start immediate evacuation as a meltdown is about to happen. Damn. And uh, at a crossroads, Multiple people in the sewer or like area start splitting off to look for the right direction. And this did not end up being the case, but I I wrote at the time, I wouldn't be surprised if another earthquake happened and it blocked the people that split. So, uh, um, because I feel like that is a trope in a lot of, uh, of, um, films like what this is based on uh, of like having they split off but yeah. then something happens blocking them from each other 100% yeah uh, and it's usually how like because that's another thing too with these usually these movies because this isn't like there's not enough time obviously to fill right. an entire episode with this plot this kind of plot but they're definitely taking like a a nugget of inspiration from those kind of movies but like it always progresses that 
you got your core three or your core two survivors that are going to make it to the end. But a lot of people end up falling off as it goes. So like the Turner character and the security guard whose legs broken, they would not have made it to the end of this disaster movie. (laughs) Like they would have been blocked off or we know we'll come back for you kind of thing. And either they do much later and it gets wrapped up at the end of the film or you that person's dead (laughs) for sure. They got to raise the stakes somehow. Those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... Gotta die. Yeah, uh, this being a a a seventies incredible hawk show, I don't think they would have uh, have showed anyone actually die. (laughs) Very true. Other than Doctor Elena Marks, yeah, I think she's the only person that we've actually seen die. Oh my god! Why'd they have to kill her off and then all these other dicks like Turner (laughs) get to live? That's a shame. Oh my god! Uh, but you're so, right. I don't think anybody dies. Yeah, very family uh, friendly. Yeah, I remember I was talking to my mom uh, about uh, uh, um, about the final film in the original Matrix trilogy. Uh, a about how like a lot of the characters that you follow in the first two films, you don't really follow much in the third one, and like you're getting shown these new characters that we don't care about really and they uh, and there's just a lot of cgi battles that aren't that fun to watch and uh watch. and like i was like i'm finding trouble wa- uh, watching this because i'm like why do i care about these characters why do i care about these people living or dying versus my other characters that we are following and my my mom was like well you should care about everyone uh, whether they live or die i'm like this is a movie. You care about the people that you uh, that you get to know in the film, and yeah. that you and they Your didn't brain. do a good job uh, of yeah. making us get to know the characters of the third Matrix film. Uh, um, so it really was like, mm, why should I care at all yeah. about what's going on? Um, and like also like they. Yeah, they use some CGI in the uh, in the first two films for the for fight sequences, but they uh, but it was in the third film like a lot of fight sequences are literally just CGI mech suits fighting. It's like this doesn't uh, feel like like the two films we just followed. Yeah, the Zion scenes like, are mm, so boring. I was yeah. like, I was out, took me out of it. You know, it's funny because your brain, like, obviously, you're, I understand what your mom's saying about, you know, we should care, everybody dies. We all, obviously, anyone <laughs> with, you know, a good bone in their body is going to care about all people and stuff and want to be altruistic. Yeah. But your brain knows the difference between fiction and real life. Yeah. And fiction requires you to care about people you know aren't going to die because you, it's fake. So you still need a connection there. A good story, uh, or it makes you care about the people you're following uh, and, yeah. and it's not just like, uh, like, oh, they're people, so you should care that they're living. Like, that's yeah, not exactly. a good story no. at all. Yeah, um, that's, that'd, be, that'd be incredibly lazy writing. Writers would, would get away with movies like Scott Free if that was the case. Yeah. You know what the third Matrix movie could have used? A, a, uh, a guy trying to sell babies. You're, you get me. You get me, John. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to use babies as batteries. Yeah. Yes, well, I mean, I mean it's, it's their number one uh, yeah, great providers oh, of energy. Man. 
<laughs> you know, I know a lot of people don't like the new Matrix film, but I I enjoyed that a lot more than the third Matrix film. I still haven't seen it. I you should I'm, watch I'm it. I, it I, I should put it on. I, I should watch it. I like the new Matrix film. I think the main problem that I have with it is that uh, is that Lawrence Fishburne does not return as Morpheus. Yeah. I heard about that. And, and it's it kind of annoys me because they didn't even ask him to return. That's very confusing. Um, so they uh, they do have a good way of explaining it in the film uh, um, that this is a hundred uh, or so years later in the real world, and so uh-huh. he's dead. But they have uh, they have a um computerized version of matrix uh, uh, a version of morpheus that's from the matrix that uh, okay. is played by a different actor yeah it's um, played by the guy from candy and he, yeah and he yeah. Uh, and um they do have a good way of ex- reason for explaining why he doesn't look, look the same and that's because he is actually a mix of uh, a program that's supposed to be a mix of morpheus and agent smith oh yeah um so he look, uh, looks different, and um, the man that uh, it annoys me a one because they didn't even ask Lawrence Fisher to come back, but also because they the, like they give us uh, it's an explanation saying that he died, but they don't uh, uh but like I feel like they should have shown like a flashback showing what happened, especially mm-hmm. since like. The only thing that's that we know of a, of the canon for him uh, him dying is from a video game called The Matrix Online, of which whom people can't even play anymore, and most people don't even know it exists. But oh the, for some reason, the creators of the film series insisted that they're going to keep that as canon, even though, like, why? Why do you keep size scanning? People can't even play anymore. People can't even see that anymore. Or at least if you are going to keep it in canon, show us a flashback of it uh, happening yeah. in live action. Uh, Create so that scene. people can, yeah. uh, uh, So that the majority of your audience gets what's happening and, and doesn't have to go up on, oh, online and look up what, how did uh, Ed Morpheus die? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, this move, this fourth movie. The more you describe it, the more it sounds like a mess. <laughs> so it sounds I, like a I, freaking like, mess. But so was Matrix even, but, Three. So. Okay, but that's not even a big part of it. The our film, like he's uh, like, um, I'll still give it a chance. Yeah, I like most people I've heard say that they don't like it, but I actually they really enjoyed it. Um, I. <laughs> I do think there were some cringe jokes in the film, but uh, uh but at least they only happen near the beginning of the film, <laughs> and not right. uh, throughout the whole film. Uh, uh, um, basically, what, I, what I'm talking about is that a character inside the Matrix who's friends with uh, with Neo, um, calls uh, all's Trinity a milf. Yeah. Like what the hell? That's a really weird joke to be in a Matrix film. I have not heard that word, that phrasing in a long time. Yep. And wow. they, and um, and also they have uh, they have jokes about the about uh, the reason that Matrix uh, X is uh, he's supposed to be making a new Matrix game within the movie. 
because of their uh their um corporate uh, right, overlords warner brothers wants him to because they want to cash in on the uh, on the video game oh uh, my like, god i i don't it's that really kind of land. It really is kind of <laughs> cringe to me that they're mentioning Warner Brothers within the film. Yeah, that's that's a little too meta humor. I'm not sure yeah. that's really necessary. But yeah, but honestly, I think a lot of stuff in the film I think is actually a pretty fun one. It's just like uh, uh, it's less like you really need to think about the film um, like the the original trilogy was. Versus this yeah. one is more of like turn off your brain and just have fun. Yeah, popcorn, popcorn yeah. flick. That's yeah. uh, and I think if you go into it like that, you probably will enjoy it. All right. Yeah. Well, that's um, good to know. So, Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh. So, oh, then, okay, back to our review. Um. <laughs> the uh, in the control room, they tried to turn on the emergency valve. Um. And. They, I think it, it actually worked, but it won't help them. But then we, uh, uh, but we find out, no, it actually didn't. Uh, I weren't able to get the emergency valve open, uh, and um, at least people in the control room weren't able to. Um, the final alarm went off. Uh, off. It means they only have five minutes to get out, and um. <laughs> And in the, the faster con- the alarm beeps, yeah. the less time they have. And in the control room, they're at the point where they actually start evacuating the people from the control room. So um, because of this, uh, uh, David and the others believe that they have no one to come save them. Um, but happily, there are two main guys in the control room that are trying still to keep the uh, ape trying the valve. Um, but they they end up still leaving uh, a, a, a um when there's one med to go, but that's a little bit further along. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, a, so David starts having everyone start looking for pipes and anything else that uh, it can use as a lever. Yeah, and prop that open. Yeah, I and I I wrote at the, to, uh, the time I was like, I have no idea what he's thinking, but <laughs> I also feel like we're due for a Hulk to come out. <laughs> um, but now yeah, he uh, he ends up using uh, the pipe to break off the lock to the chain link gate. Um, I'm not sure why he he said to use it as a lever. Since I don't think that's usually as a lever, he's using it, it as a been, way to break sign. Yeah, I, it might have been more so for later with the the um uh yeah wheel yeah. or the the, mm-hmm. the handle. Yeah. So the uh, uh and um David and the two other guys that are not uh, not injured uh or, um go over and try to start opening the valve. But smoke or a steam, steam aim yeah. comes out, causing the two others to run back. But David stays mostly because he can't run back because the steam's in front of him. Then, mm-hmm. um, at this point, is where the uh, the two guys in the control center evacuate, 
and um it's all up to david and as david gets frustrated trying to open the valve of um first david uh, david tries putting his shirt onto the uh, the um pipe so it's not so hot but uh, but then Hulk comes out because he's frustrated and Hulk just immediately throws David's shirt on the ground and <laughs> he uh, he bends the pipe and then <laughs> throws it be like I don't need this uh, and then he just easily uh, he turns the valve and Hulk saves everyone um, Hulk I then- love I love that in the 11th hour or the 11th second Hulk still takes time to to take his rage out on that metal pipe before throwing it away and using yeah. his hands. I was like, they, they people are going to die, sir. But he's just like, Rawr. we got this rubber pipe he's for so a reason. Worried though about them dying in this at uh, this point. Like he's uh, like he may be at uh, at some uh, at some level he may be trying to save them, but also like he's uh, like he's. It, based on the fact that he doesn't come back for them when he breaks the uh, <laughs> the hole in the wall, he just runs through it, yeah. and not telling him to, uh, uh, not or not uh, not letting right him back. know to the fact that he uh, he got them a way out. Yeah, uh, out. It, it, it kind of uh, shows me there's a little bit of self prevalence uh, there. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, um, maybe he just came through as David and the only thing he remembers is that David was trying to turn that wheel and he was like puny banner and yeah. he'll he'll turn the wheel and then that's all he remembers really being needed for yeah. <laughs> he's like alright I'm uh, out of here <laughs> you know maybe he's addicted like to morphine I... and he's trying to go get some more morphine <laughs> I don't know he just runs out of there <laughs> you know I feel like if uh, I feel like if Hulk um, gained a little bit of sparts he, at some point, he was like start uh, recording himself when he uh, when, uh like when he comes out to just be like, "Hey, Banner, I can do this and you can't." Uh, <laughs> just so that Banner could see that he could do uh, that. Hulk could do these things while he can't. Weenie. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like if Hulk could, he would want there to be a way to show Banner that he could actually do these things that, oh. uh, that Banner can't. Just Absolutely. to demean Banner. Yeah, yeah, just rub it in his face. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so let's see. I um. As I said, uh, oh, it be Bard talked about the off breaks a hole in the concrete wall, uh, so that everyone can now get out. Um. Hulk then runs away, and the others start heading through the Hulk's hole. Um. And. Hulk, uh, Hulk, as he gets outside, Hulk uh, kicks some last rocks uh, as he gets outside. And here we get possibly the worst makeup mistake they've ever had on the show. Oh, really? Did you you not notice what what happened in this scene? No. I I found it to be very obvious. So... His makeup smear? <laughs> no, no. So they, uh, the camera angle that they, they shot this in, and when he kicks the rocks, you can see the bottom of his feet. They did not paint oh, his feet, the bottom of his feet at all. I just saw it. It's very wow. obvious. His feet are like orange in comparison to his. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really like, wow, 
they I feel like uh, I that's definitely a big mistake <laughs> that they made. Um, I would if I were the costume department, I would be like, I would probably uh, I always make sure <laughs> I would probably always make sure the paint the bottom of his feet just in case there's something like this happens. <laughs> But also, I feel like the uh, uh, the people operating the cameras, they yeah. should have been uh, uh, they yes. should have been checking to make sure that there's no place where they it's visible that he's not actually a green man. <laughs> <laughs> I think two people got fired that day, and one was Lou Ferrigno's foot guy, Dennis, mm-hmm. and the other one was the low to the ground camera operator margaret you uh, and i feel bad i feel bad but you know what mistakes like that can't happen this is the nearly makes, finale you know, of season one honestly it makes me wonder the people who edit these episodes <laughs> do they uh, like uh, you yeah you, you would think there's uh, it takes a long time to edit things and they are probably watching scenes over and over again how does these things get past the editors? They I don't understand how that uh, like that happening would. Oh, so uh, but when you uh, and I would I would imagine when they notice it, they would put uh, like Gozo would be like, "Hey, you, you guys messed up. You might need to refilm this." <laughs> and even if it's in post production, since the the series would have still been filming for the uh for the uh, the episodes after uh, the episode after this, they yeah. could have probably figured out some way of having a uh, having a scene of him coming outside. Yeah, they, the the editors they they edit so often that they become just as complacent yeah. as those safety officers in that control room mm-hmm. asking for more cream. They're too busy. They don't even care about the alarms. They're just wondering where are the donuts. Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, they're not unlike t- television editors, I'm sure. Oh. Same job. Uh, so uh, oh, the next thing I wrote down is and as Hulk runs away, we got our damn Hulk kicked moment for this episode. There it is. His feet might be orange, <laughs> but his cake is lemon meringue <laughs> no um that was yeah I, <laughs> lou ferrigno can't lie he clearly does not have another stunt double playing his part for this scene <laughs> that, is, that is all ferrigno uh so the next thing i right now is that uh, uh, reporters start asking dr joseph and dr hammond questions about what happened and if they will be rebuilding the the nuclear testing facility Dr. Joseph says, that's a premature question. And, but when we do, I assure you that we'll be working more closely with the safety engineer. <laughs> and <laughs> the designer and the safety engineer settle their differences and have a brief moment that carried more sexual tension than any scene we've had this season. I thought they were going to get in the back of that ambulance and bone. I was so confused by why they had this, like, they're like inches from each other's face. And they're like, I'm sure we'll work closer together. And he's like, all right. Like, it just seemed really weirdly <laughs> tense for that few couple seconds. They played, they, they were probably instructed to play it like friends getting along again. Mm-hmm. And instead they were just like, well, 
um, friends with benefits. <laughs> just seemed a little too tense. But then Jack McGee asks a question. Yes. Yes. So uh, Jack tries to ask about Hulk, but the other uh, reporter immediately shuts him down saying, come on, Jack, we're trying to cover a real story here. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of feel bad for Jack. uh, No one believes him, but I also just find it hilarious. (laughs) Well, I was I was interested in the fact that he he says, you know, what was the what was the man doing? And they say he was trying to use the gamma ray inversion equipment. And he's like, did he succeed? And they're like, no, I don't or I don't know. And that's so now he knows at least one more thing that he didn't about this Hulk character. So I don't know. I mean, he's the Hulk saved his ass before. And now he knows what he's maybe searching the, Mm -hmm. the, the country to do. Yeah, well, right before the uh, uh, Dr. Joseph had said that he was trying to use the gamma ray inversion equipment, they actually, uh, a, what prompted that was that they asked her if the person with them was a saboteur. And she says no, that he was trying to use the gamma ray inversion equipment. Um, yeah. The, uh, he asked if he succeeded. She says no. And then Jack asks where he's at. And this is where Hammond pipes up saying, I don't know. He may have been killed in the explosion steam that blew down the wall. If it hadn't been him uh, and for him, none of us would have been alive. Um, and then uh, and in the final scene of the episode, we see a, a David trying to get a ride again. Yeah um sad or what is it lonely man music yes the lonely man theme yeah uh and like as i said last episode uh uh, after the uh, after these two episodes uh uh, two episodes in a row all the four times or the times the hawk came out it saved david and others lives so it really does make me feel like david needs to stop and think "Mm, maybe i'm wrong about this hawk guy yeah. And if he doesn't, and if he doesn't, I kind of feel like that would be out of character for David, this guy who's a very good person, who's always compassionate and helping others, but he refuses to believe that the, uh, that he may be wrong about the Hulk. Yeah. Like that, I feel like if he, uh, like if he doesn't, I really do feel like if he does not stop and start thinking about that, that it would be feel a little bit out of character to me. It'd be cheated. It'd be it would feel you'd feel kind of like like how did he not how does he not come to this conclusion by now? But yeah. at the same time, I mean we got three more seasons after this. Maybe yeah. it does come. I would hope hopefully. it would come to him eventually. Yeah, hopefully it uh, hopefully and but like at this point he's uh, he has probably been with the hawk for like the majority of a year uh, air by now uh, um so he should uh, he should be able to get to know hawk at least a little bit by now yeah yeah but um, he's, i mean he also is always he's always checked out every time you know mm-hmm. he, he doesn't remember fully what happened each time right so he yeah. has to piece it together he doesn't really have a chance to get to know hulk well, yeah, compared to yeah, knowing he what he's really left in his wake. In, yeah, he, yeah, he gets to know what he's left in his wake, and like 
yeah he's always he broke some things but he's not yeah. uh but he the majority of what he did was he saved people yeah and he beat up the same bad guys that uh, that david wants to beat up yeah. even though david is a weakling so he's not going to beat them up yeah he might slide a broom at them though <laughs> oh <laughs> he's yeah. good with those uh, like, it reminds me of the uh, ISB of the casino episode, and he uh, and like where the casino boss uh, starts trying to fight him, but it's not really a fight because he doesn't try uh, even try to fight back to the uh, the casino boss. He just gets beat on. Yeah, exactly. Until the Hulk comes out. Yeah, he's he's not a fighter. He's a he's a doctor, not a not a U not a UF not an MMA. Uh, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe he should have have taken some lessons from Rocky. Yeah, there you go. Go back to what was that, Baltimore? Yeah, something. <laughs> go back to Baltimore, like David. Yeah. I would love to see him revisit some friends he's made along the way. Yeah, that would be. Uh, I think that that would enhance the show for him to revisit some of these people he's met. Yeah, uh, see what yeah. their lives have become since he intervened. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, uh, again, I, I really liked this episode and I, I know you already said as well, you really liked it. Um, I loved how sciencey it was and I love how, how Dr. Joseph had a good chemistry with David, but they didn't force her to be a love interest. True. Um, I think my only big complaint I could have with this episode is that I feel like this should have been the finale. And because I feel like the actual finale could feel underwhelming after how massive this episode feels. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely something that they're going to have to, they would probably have to have figured out with the uh, finale having it come after this one, that that could be a serious issue if feeling very underwhelming yeah you'd, you'd need to really wow them with the the season two premiere even more to get mm. them back yeah. you know all those all those people that might not have really enjoyed because you got to end a season with either a lot of resolve or a lot of suspense and cliffhangers yeah so it's yeah it's mm-hmm. it's a it's no no telling what and the it, hell their last episode's yeah. gonna be and with a show like this where you don't have to watch this week to week to know what's going on because That's every true. episode is very um contained. Yeah, um, very formulaic. So, yeah. say someone uh, wasn't going through the entire season and watching them uh, watching every episode, and they just and like they came back because of the finale and watched the finale and just saw that it's just this regular episode. Uh oh, like they would be like. Why did I come back to watch this finale if it's just a regular episode? Yeah, <laughs> because that because uh, a lot of people did that when uh, when it was TV was actually TV and not streaming services where Aries uh, they uh, a lot of people would be like, "This is a special episode. I'm gonna make sure to tune in for this." Uh, mm-hmm. But seeing the finale and it not being uh, any that special could uh, like definitely would have hurt their chances of wanting to come back to the show yeah re- repeat views for sure would be at, in uh, at risk 
the the mm-hmm. finale is the second most important episode of any season next to the pilot or the premiere yeah the premiere has to start things off and get you gripped mm-hmm. but the finale has to keep you gripped so it's yeah. a little like yeah. I, I would honestly say that probably the finale is even more important than the premiere because the finale has to be the end of a storyline versus the uh, versus a premiere it can it can be a filler episode sort of it just has to be a really cool episode yeah it's got to grip you it's got you it doesn't have to have to do with the main storyline i versus the finale i at least feel like a finale should uh uh, should definitely be the main storyline yeah i feel you Mm -hmm. it's got it's got a lot of wrapping up to do a lot of satisfying to do yeah um all right so uh, hi is there anything last you'd like to say about the episode i i love i love when i recognize tropes of of other things that i know are were popular in the 70s and when i see something like a a disaster kind of scenario that uh would have definitely spawned from things like towering inferno and like i say uh, earthquake and poseidon adventure It, it made me very nostalgic it made me tickled that they go to the levels that they go to to make every episode like movie level um like drama and Mm -hmm. like no two episodes like as much as the episodes are the same there is a formula going on you know the hulk comes out twice he always saves the day there's usually some crooks involved but each episode is a different genre in a way Mm-hmm. which makes me very very happy so yeah I, I i really like this one like i say it's in my top three i'd have to go over the episodes to really know which part it places yeah. i think it still is like the the premiere the pilot episode is still one of my mm-hmm. favorites this one might be just below it so whether yeah. there's another one in front of those two or in between them uh I'll, i feel like you're, uh, i feel like most likely, if there is one between the two, it would be the final round for you because I know you really like that that Rocky episode. Yeah, I do. I, I think that one is up there for sure. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. How about uh, you? What's your What's your I, top I three? I I don't know. It it's a uh, it really is a hard thing because like I it's hard to think back and just be like. Oh, this is the these ones are the best ones and not uh, ever, uh, uh the best one. I don't know if I could actually say what is my top three, but I think that this episode and then the tenth episode, oh, these two that we're reviewing tonight, they are definitely some very high up there ones. Yeah, I definitely do think still that the first episode of the show is my number one episode yeah. on because that was, like was a movie. Just so good. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It deals with the uh the origin in a really good way. I think. Um. Yeah. Fair uh, enough. So, uh oh, the trivia from the episode we uh from IMDb we have, um, you know how you mentioned earlier that uh, one of the films this takes inspiration from is Earthquake, uh, a from 1974. Yes. So. It uses stock footage from that. I wondered. Yep. I wonder is it was the big earthquake scenes like this. I would imagine, types? yeah, probably the scene, uh, city stuff. I have no idea what it, uh, if that actually is it, but I would just have to have to imagine because I because uh, I can't imagine they actually they um did sign I have that big of a scene for the yeah. incredible for Hulk show. Hulk. Yeah, yeah, fair. 
They put a lot um, of work into those. Yeah. Uh, the next that I have, I have is David impersonates a Dr. Patterson and a Dr. Hammond, unlike his usual alias of David with a surname uh, beginning with B. And then the next thing I have is that in this, as well as Prometheus Part 2, which is the second episode of the fourth season, variations of the opening from uh, from Six Million Dollar Man uh, and um, I've Got a Blowout in uh, and Damper Number 3 and Set Your Pitch to Zero, Pitches Out, I can't hold up altitude are used in the dialogue. Um, it's obvious. Uh, apparently, it's an in joke, either by or for Kenneth Johnson, who he's the uh, he's obviously the creator of this show that we're uh, we're reviewing the Incredible Hulk show. But he also worked on uh, on um, six million dollar man, six million dollar man. Yeah. And the original uh, uh, title that this was this episode was scripted as, and I honestly think that this would have been a better title for the episode. I think it would have made uh, a, it um, feel even bigger. Is, uh, is the original title that they were thinking of going for was Nuclear Caven. I think Ooh. that would have been a, a really great title. I like that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instead of earthquakes happen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think that ha- has a lot more suspense than, oh, yeah. earthquakes. They, they just happen. You're like, yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, so versus, uh, versus uh, there's no tell, uh, there's no one would ever <laughs> say, oh, uh, nuclear cavens, they, that, those just happen. Yeah. What's, what is it? What am I stuck in a nuclear cave in? No one's ever used that yep. term before. Um, <laughs> And some trivia from the Hulk wiki we have when David impersonates Dr. Patterson, Bill Bixie wears his own prescription eyeglasses. Wow. Yeah. And then the dude can't see. Those those were really thick. (laughs) And then the and then as well, the ending sequence has the theme apparently being played with a trumpet rather than a piano like it normally is. I didn't notice that when I was watching, but I uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. and then the only goof we have from IMDb is that uh, at, after transforming back into uh, uh, David Banner, uh, or though I don't know why this is the uh, the only thing we have on on IMDb because I because uh, th- we definitely noticed a bigger uh, uh, issue with the uh, in the episode, but um. The what I found was that after transforming back into David Banner on the first Hulk out, David is seen to have a band-aid on his finger of the his left hand, and yet the Hulk didn't. Huh. Yeah. Well, they messed up. <laughs> it's not as bad as orange feet. Yeah, it's definitely not nearly as bad, but I just think that's that's uh, a bit of a funny little goof that they had. <laughs> like so whoops. I I'm guessing that's probably more of the uh, like um he just had an injury in real life and so he had a yeah. uh, a band-aid on his finger but I would um, bet that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if the uh, if that is the case they should have tried to 
paint the uh, uh paint the um band-aid to make it look skin colored so they don't uh, so it's less likely for people to notice it yeah yeah that would have um, been helpful <laughs> yeah uh so the the answer to the trivia question from earlier was the defenders ah i did know that the defenders that we get in uh, the Netflix shows were not the originals. Mm-hmm. I do remember that, but I did not remember. I did not know that at all about it being uh, Namor and Silver Surfer and Doctor Strange and the Hulk. Yeah. That is the weirdest group of people. Mm-hmm. And they were aren't, fighting aren't... supernatural threats and not, uh, and not just street level threats. That is weird. Well, I mean, maybe there should be two yeah. defenders teams, but isn't there yeah. aren't like three of those like in the, in the Illuminati? um at least right. at least namor and strange are well yeah namor and strange are silver surfer would not have been the illuminati oh, okay and and we're talking and about the hulk, Marvel and, illuminati. and and hulk definitely is not in the illuminati as he uh, as the illuminati are the ones who sent him to sakar oh, in the comics yes, yes. wow yeah. Plus, he couldn't yeah, keep the I, I imagine he uh, he would not uh, uh, he would not have wanted to join them if they're uh, they're going to send him away from Earth. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be a tough sell. It's yep. like, yeah, you can join us, but you got to be over there. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, uh, is there any last things you'd like to say before we end off this episode? I am so excited for this season finale. I'm excited to then start season two. I'm really enjoying mm-hmm. this series, and it is still so cool to find to see Lou Ferrigno and Bill Bixby find new ways to uh, to entertain me every episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has been a blast. Yes. All right. So thank you for listening, and if you like this gamma analysis. Please give a five-star review on Apple Podcast or a five-star rating on Spotify. And I'd like to I'd love to hear your thoughts on the episode. So please let me know. And if you'd like to listen to more from me, please subscribe. Many more gamma analysis is from me coming, so keep on the lookout. This again is your host, Smash Trivia John, signing off.